Hello, beautiful women. We're so thankful that you're tuning in with us for this week's podcast episode here on the Daily Bread Podcast, brought to you by the Well Women. We pray that you are refreshed by the Spirit of God, that you are brought near to the Father's heart, and that you are filled with daily bread, the bread of life, the Word of God, from these simple conversations all about Jesus with Marcella Barcelona and her friends, these incredible anointed women of God. So we pray you're blessed, and we hope you enjoy. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, guys. I'm so glad you're on. It's going to be saludos. Como están? Hey, Hi. Christy. It's so, so good to see you. Let me see if I can get you set up here. I'm like, you know. There you go. Isn't, isn't she beautiful, guys? I'm, okay. I'm so excited that you're on today. I am too. This is so fun. So I just want to say, so... Chrissy and I both go to um, the same home church, Upper Room, Dallas, and I got to meet her uh, through, she's married to an incredible man, Peter Lewis, and um, Lou, Lou Engle and Mama Teresa Engle speak very highly of her and Pete and her incredible husband and family, um, but really what attracted me so much about Chrissy was her mother heart, just seeing her with her children and her family. It was just, I was just like, who is this? I have to know her. I want to know her. And we've spent some incredible time together. And I'm just excited that you're on today. Um, you know, I can say this already. You are so passionately in love with Jesus and you follow him in everything that you do. And you have such a crazy passion for missions. And so I'm, I'm just excited for what you'll be sharing with us today. I think you really want to pay attention today to what's going to be shared. What are we doing today? We're sharing about Jesus and <laughs> we're totally learning about him. So get ready, sit down. And um, because I really feel like he's going to speak through you and we're going to be able to learn some things that we desperately uh, need to walk in as women. And so we receive you, Christy. We love you, um, and I'm just excited that you're on. So feel free. You have permission to share whatever's in your heart. Well, I'm ex so excited to be here, and I love you. And oh. this is um, Marcella and I first, when we, when we first got together, we basically just held hands and cried over breakfast together. <laughs> uh, just shared hearts, and it was like I became, we became Insta friends. It was just so beautiful. Um, you know, there's nothing like having companionship in this crazy journey of following Jesus and True. you truly radiate him. So I'm so thankful for you truly and thankful to be on. So anyways, um, I was praying about what to share because I said, Lord, I could share like a lot. What, what do you want for me to share? And what I really felt was he reminded me of of this scripture that he really highlighted to me about a year ago, and it's in Acts 12. So I'm going to share from Acts 12. Yeah. Um, okay. And so about a year ago, he highlighted to me the story of, of Peter in prison and the praying church, and then some other crucial members of the story. And, um, and about a year ago, he highlighted to me, if you go down, uh, you know, in Acts 12, 
um, he highlighted to me the servant girl Rhoda, and we'll get to that. Um, but before, but this about a week ago, or maybe it was a little bit more, the Lord reminded me again of Acts 12, and he highlighted a different member of the story in Acts 12. So I feel like there's several different people um, in this story that the Lord is really like highlighting as like heroes that we can look to. Um, and so anyways, so I want to read in Acts 12 and I um, just want to kind of, uh, you know, give a little background. So Peter is in prison and he's obviously in prison for sharing his faith. And I think that when we look at Acts 12, we see what we're, what we usually see is you've got Peter in prison and then you've got the praying church praying for the release of Peter from prison, which is awesome. And that happens and it's miraculous and amazing. But the Lord kind of highlighted some characters to me that were a little bit more like covert in the story. And I think that is who the Lord is highlighting to us today. So, um, so Peter's in prison and the church is praying for his release. And there's a couple of things on that that I think is really cool. And that is that when the church is praying, the angels are working. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. And, I, you know, when I read that, I was like, you know, we need to pray. Like, when we pray, angels are literally on assignment. Because that's what yeah. it says. And, you know, years ago, I had a dream. And in my dream, there was the song playing in the background. And I had been asking the Lord in reality, not in my dream, but in actuality, Lord, what's the role of angels in, the, in this like life in God? And I had a dream that night. And in the dream, there was a song playing and the song was singing, angels bring in the harvest. And I woke up so excited that, oh my gosh, in another part of the dream, it was really clear that there wasn't this pressure or this striving to go and get a harvest for God it was like, oh my gosh, angels bring in the harvest. But how do the angels bring in the harvest? Well, you see the praying church and they're praying and angels are on assignment, literally bringing release to Peter from prison. It's an incredible story. So Peter gets released from prison as a result of the praying church. Okay. And you come down and Peter has this thought, I'm going to go to the home of Mary the mother of John Mark. So this is what the Lord highlighted to me uh, a couple weeks ago. So it says, um, when he realized this, he realized that he had been released from prison. He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. So I read that. And at first you skip right over it, right? Because you're like looking at this, you know, that seems like a very small fact. But the Lord had me look at Acts 12 and he said, who are the main characters in Acts 12? And so you've got Peter and Peter is our apostle. He's our evangelist. You've got the praying church. And then who else do you have? So I was this very small, seemingly small character. Mary is highlighted to me. And there's two things that she's highlighted for. And she's highlighted for her home. And she's highlighted for the fact that she's the mother of John Mark. And her home is this place where people are gathered for prayer. And so I did a little research on Mary because I, I felt the Lord say, you have to find where you are in the story. 
Are you Peter the Evangelist? Are you part of the praying church? Are you Mary? And then we're going to jump down and we're going to see a servant girl named Rhoda. Now, the Lord speaks to me a lot. I don't think we have one identity, right? We are the chosen daughters of God. But during certain seasons of our lives, we have different roles. And so I think that sometimes when we when we look at our roles in Christ, we kind of can look back to a former season and we miss what he's doing in the current season. So, so Mary is one who opens her home. And I really felt the Lord say that there are people and they're looking back to a former season where they were maybe, um, they were the evangelist. They were the apostle on the front lines. They were the ones getting persecuted. And they're looking at their current season where they're a mom, right? And they're confined seemingly to their home. And they're feeling like this is, this is nothing. This is meaningless. This doesn't, this doesn't matter. When in actuality, I really think that the Lord has assigned people to the home. And he clearly had assigned Mary to the home. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people and they say, oh, well, I don't have the gift of hospitality. And so I'm not, I'm not going to open my home. Um, but I was looking in the scriptures and I, and I was just impacted by some different scriptures on hospitality, but there was one that really stuck out to me. And I, I feel that the Lord is wanting to give permission to people to be assigned to their home and to be rested in it and to realize what if my home is the place where God's people can meet? What if Peter getting out of the prison actually has the thought, I could go to the home of Mary. I could go to the home of Christy. Oh, I could go to the home of Marcella because I know that Marcella knows God. I know there'll probably be people gathered there that are going to encourage me and pray for me. I know that Marcella knows God in such a way that when she opens her home, she's actually opening her heart. And so hospitality is not so much about um, having everything right, right? It's just opening your home in such a way that you say, hey, um, I've got kids. I've got a lot happening right now, but like, hey, you can come over and you can be here. And the scripture that the Lord really highlighted to me, and it doesn't actually have um, hospitality in the scripture, but I believe that this is what the Lord is saying. It's Romans 15, seven says, therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given the glory. So, I believe that Mary didn't so much have this perfect gift of hospitality as the world would see it, or even as the church would see it. I think that Mary had this profound understanding that she was accepted by God and that she was loved by God. And I believe that it was actually that deep seated reality in her heart that said, oh my gosh, I'm accepted by you. I'm loved by you. Hey, come, come into my home because when you come into my home, you're going to be accepted by me and you're going to be loved by me. So much so that the apostle Peter is coming out of prison and he says, I want to go to that house. 
And, and so um, I believe that there's people that are watching and I think that God is saying, don't fight this place of being confined to your home. Actually meet me in it. You know, I know for me, Marcella, when I, I fought for a long time, the, the confinement that I felt to my home, because when I was uh, 20 years old, I was called to the nations. I'm sorry, when I was 16, I was called to the nations. When I was about 21, I prayed this crazy prayer to God. I said, God, give me the entire continent of Africa. And um, I want to see orphans raised up from the southern tip to the northern tip. And, and that was my heart. And it came from this beautifully pure place because I was so in love with Jesus. And what happened was, you know, I got married, which was a dream of my heart, too. I had kids, which was also a dream of my heart. And then all of a sudden, this like seemingly super important calling, right? The Peter, the evangelist calling, the Peter, the apostle calling, it like gets massively sidelined over here. And I'm thinking, what just happened to my life? And I fought, I fought for a good, I don't know, years. I fought for years, Marcella, over feeling like I had been sidelined. And, and as I wrestled with that, with God, I began to come to this place in motherhood where I realized I am unconditionally accepted by a God who has never defined me but what I do. And my heart actually grew not in my understanding of I'm passionate for God, I'm radical, radical for God, but actually he is radically in love with me. And I believe that it is actually God's unconditional love for us and that being rooted and established in us that will actually propel us into the mission movement that we want to see because our passion and our zeal cannot get us there. You know, I had a dream and it was during this wrestling season with God of God, I feel confined to my house, you know, and, um, and in the dream, I, I'm talking with Heidi Baker and she says, uh, and I said, Heidi, how's everybody going? How's everybody doing in the ministry? And she said, well, 50% are doing awesome and 50% are really struggling. And I said, okay, well, what's the difference? And she said, the 50% that are doing awesome are focused on God's passion for them. The 50% that are struggling are focused on their passion for God. And I can say this, that, that for me, as I've let the Lord confine me to my home, I have had to put more and more of my emphasis on God's love towards me and less and less on my love for God. And that's actually steadied and stilled my heart. And that's actually caused me to pray even more radical prayers because I'm like, you know what? My track record's not great, but his is amazing. And so I'm going to pray the kind of prayers that like he's going to answer because like he loves me. And he is, he is love. And I, my focus is now not so much on how passionate I am for him, but actually how passionate he is for me. And, and, and so I believe that, um, I believe Mary got that. 
And she let God confine her enough to the house that she could sit still enough for him to actually sing a love song over her. And that caused her to say, hey, come, come to my home, come be here. This is where the presence of God is. And I do believe that, you know, if COVID taught us anything, it taught us that um, the churches can be shut down, but people's homes can't. And so I, I think that God is raising up women who are willing to be with God in the secret place of their hearts and their homes, and then who will then open their homes in response to what God's doing in the secret place of their heart. And the other thing that, that Mary is known for is she, and I love this, right? Because I think that there's this movement of women that's like, I don't want to be known as Peter's wife or such and such as mom. Like that's so, you know, but like, look at this. She's known for her home and she's also known because she's the mother of John Mark. Now, you know, uh, the feminist mind can get offended by that for a little bit, right? But I have this quote, and this is so beautiful to me. And I, it's probably going to be backwards on the screen. I don't know. I'm going to read it. But it's on this little card that I have. It says, children are not a distraction from the more important work. They are the most important work. And I think there's something that we're privy to as women and as moms that, um, that men just don't get the privilege of. And it is this, when we look at our newborn and they're not doing a single thing we look at them and say you are the most amazing I have ever seen in my life and we have this understanding of the mother heart of God and it's actually that that the world is desperate for to know that they're actually loved before their assignment before anything that they do and, um, wow. And, you know, um, so Mary's known as the mother of John Mark. And the amazing thing about John Mark is that actually he's Mark, the apostle, they're one and the same. And so Mary, you know, she's the one that gets to say, Hey, you know, uh, Mark, the one that wrote the gospel of Mark, who's like evangelizing the world. He's my son. It's not a big deal, but <laughs> he's mine, so, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, what kind of mom must Mary have been that her son is evangelizing the world? <laughs> right. And, and so, and so here's the cool thing about Mary is that she's known for her home. She's known because she's the mother of Mark. And, um, and I want to say about, about this, this idea of being a mother you know, Isaiah 54, the Lord's been speaking to me, Isaiah 54, for years now. And um, and Isaiah 54 really goes along really well with this passage because it says, hey, enlarge your home, spare no expense. You're soon going to be bursting at the seams. And then it says your descendants will resettle the ruined cities. Wow. And so I feel the Lord because I can get into I can get into comparison and striving real fast. I'm like, God, I'm not the Peter. I'm not the apostle on the front line. I'm just here, you know, and I'll hear him whisper to me, Christy, if you can enlarge your house and bring people into that space, mm. the people you actually raise up are going to go and resettle the ruined cities. Wow. So true. And so anyways, and, and the really cool thing about that is I have a very living, breathing, current testimony of that. And I've shared this with you, Marcella, but my daughter, 
you know, I've been praying. I pray really simple prayers for my kids. It's not, the Lord's told me, uh, he, he really broke me free uh, a few years ago of this idea of like, oh, I've got to position my kids rightly so that they can hear God. So that, you know, like the kind of things that we sometimes try to do to make sure we're raising our kids right. Striving. Are so clearly the Lord saying, hey, Chrissy, they belong to me. Yeah. And I'm weaving a story together. And even if they go off track, I'm weaving it into their a tapestry of their story. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, okay. And so my main prayer for the past 10 years that I've been a mom has been this, God, I just want my kids to know you. I want them to know you. And if I don't pray anything else, I pray that. And and so I encourage anybody who's watching the one prayer of your heart for your children. That's a prayer from the Lord. And it might be a three sentence prayer, but pray that prayer. And so anyways, um, at the end of your conference, actually such a cool story. Brian was preaching. My daughter uh, feels an in her heart that she needs to go forward and give her life to the Lord. And, um, you know, she had prayed the prayer when she was um, uh, like four years old with us. And, you know, I, I thought she was saved. She says now, and it's so precious. She goes, I thought I was saved, but she was like, I was not saved because what I have now is different than what I had. Wow. And she, it goes forward, gives her life to the Lord. And she is, she, this is how she explains it to me. She says, mommy, I don't know why I was, cry- why I was crying because I was so happy. Oh. That's what the love of God feels like. <laughs> and she said, I wanted to do cartwheels all over the sanctuary. And so for the past three weeks or however long it's been, Marcella, she is on fire for the Lord, and it has been absolutely nothing I have done. I literally said, God, I want my kids to know you, and the Lord has opened up her heart. She has literally evangelized our neighbors, um, uh, made memory verse cards to sit, to take, to pass out at her public school, uh, did a Bible study, and um, when I ask her, and, and she has regular worship services, and I'm not joking, in our front yard where she puts on music, worship music and gathers the neighbors to dance to worship songs. Oh, my gosh. This is all happening entirely unprompted by me with a simple prayer of, God, I want my kids to know you. And, um, and so I'm seeing the Lord literally transform my little girl right before my eyes. And I have prayed for my neighbors And I told my husband, I said, babe, I think our whole neighborhood's going to get saved. And all I had to do was birth faith. Faith is the daughter. (laughs) How easy and light yoke, right? I'm like, praise God. Like, I'll I'll just be the mother of faith, right? (laughs) I'll be the mother of John Mark. Like, that's easy peasy. I mean, and it's not, right? Mothering is hard. But do you know what I'm saying? There's a value for it. And so I want to give value to the ordinary. Because he's speaking in the ordinary and some of us are trying to go back to be Peter, the apostle. And he's saying, I want you to be Mary, the mother of name your kid. That's who I want you to be right now. It doesn't mean that you're never going to go out and pray the prayers and do the big things. Like it's not either or, but he wants to get the value for the both and. And I 
a little bit further in the story because I know that we're running out of time and I want to pray, but there's another one. This is so good. I just want to yeah. totally keep going, but I just want to say yeah. you said something so profound right now. If you're a mother and you're watching right now, I want you to um, just get some love where you are in the ordinary of yeah. which is yeah. extraordinary with what you're I'm, saying. I'm in tears because I'm like, yeah. oh God, you're speaking to my yes. beating heart. And, yes. But if you're saying, man, this word is like bringing me to life and letting me see that me being the mother of, for me, Zoe or Everlease is so extraordinary. Um, yes. There's something when you say that, that comes alive in you. So I just even want to say right now, as Christy keeps going, would you write here in the comment section, my, I am mother of yes. your daughter's name, your son's name. And yes. God's going to start doing something in your heart as you begin to just give meaning to who you are. So yeah, yeah keep going. I'm yeah, I love that. Yes. You know, there's been so many times when, when I, when I, I, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted and flabbergasted by, by the frustrations of just being a mom. It's just like, sometimes I'm just like, this is just hard. Like, why is it so hard to just get out the door? Like, this is, why is this so hard? This should be easy. And all these little things, all these little frustrations. But what I have discovered that's changed everything, Marcella, mm -hmm. is when I hear him say, I see you. I see you. <laughs> and no one else sees, but the God of the universe sees. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. And so that means that like, oh my gosh, I could put a smile on God's face by doing laundry. Mm. This is profound, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that actually is, is the key. The key to worship is seeing he sees me and that has so undone any striving in my heart that all I can sit, do is say, God, thank you. Thank you. You are so good. Yeah. You are unconditionally loving. Um, wow. I want to share, Marcella, because I do think it's important because I think there's probably some that are watching that need to hear this. But if you go down a little bit, um, we come to this. And it says, he knocks out the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. They said, you're out of your mind. Meanwhile, Peter continues to knock. And when they finally opened the door and, saw, and when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. And so the other thing I really felt to say is that I do believe that there are some that are watching and um, the Lord's called you to the lowly place of being a servant. And that's a painful role to take, but he's saying, I want you to take the role because there's something that Rhoda saw that no one else saw. She got to see the answer to the prayer. Yeah. And what's so profound is that even those that were praying, they didn't see, she saw Yeah. And that there is a, um, that, that the Lord actually in your servanthood and, and mothers are servants, right? That's what we learn more than anything is that we, we take the low road, right? 
but there's some who um to that place of servanthood that actually allowed Rhoda to both hear and see the answer to the prayers they were praying. And she was actually then the proclaimer. She said, oh my gosh, the answer to your prayer is literally right here. He's here. He's here. And so I feel that there are some people and they're watching and they're actually trying to circumvent that servant role. They're actually like, you know what? Like I'm better than that. You know what I'm saying? And, and we don't like to say that, but we, we can get that way, right? Like I've been there, like, you know what? Like I'm called to this, this, and this. And the Lord's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I want you to do this. And you're like, seriously, you want me to clean toilets seriously? And he's like, yep, yep. Because in that place, when you're cleaning toilets, I'm actually going to give you eyes to see and ears to hear the prayer actually being answered. Yeah. And so, so I just want to encourage people that are watching to be, to own that place of being Mary, the mother of John Mark who opened her home or, and slash or Rhoda, the servant girl who actually was the one who, who saw the answer to the prayer. And so, um, so yeah, I would love to pray. Yes. Would you pray for us? Yeah. Wow. Guys, yeah. Be, be so encouraged. I just feel like even what you're saying um, of his love. Yeah. You just reminded us today that he loved us first. Yes. And, you know, we can continue to do and say and want to love him. But the greatest thing that we have is that he loved us first. And so there's something yeah. that that does. Yes. Brings us just into the place of rest so yes. I would love for you to pray that first and just pray for some of us that have been out of the place of rest and just felt anxious or fearful or you know so yeah. much that's going on but I I just feel like the Lord's gonna wash us with his love I feel like what while you were saying this I just felt like he was washing us with his word and with his love and giving us value and so Pray for us, Christy. We love you. Yeah. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful for the journey that you've had me on, Lord, where you have made me sit down. And you have made me uh, empty so that I could be made full by your love, God. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I just pray for every woman who's watching or who will watch Lord Jesus that um, is still feels like they're running around trying to, to do the big thing and the great thing, Lord, um, who hears the accusations in their head, Lord, that they would sit down and that they would come to a place that before they lift a finger that you loved them. Yes, Jesus. And I ask for an entire army of mothers and of women who are convinced, like Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God, I thank you that your cross is our foundation and that that was your love spilled out before we ever did anything, God, that when we were far you brought us near, Lord. And so I ask, Lord, that the reality of that would go deep, deep, 
deep into the hearts of your daughters and that in that would compel them, that they would literally be compelled by this love, God, to, to live lives of worship, Lord. And so I thank you for each one, and I bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just even, there's a correlation between Rhoda and Mary. Yes. Of the there's there was servanthood already in mary and that's why she could open her doors and host a place of prayer and i just even want to challenge you um in servanthood you know i'm constantly being challenged in servanthood with the children and Mm -hmm. you know just even with discipleship and everything i i i feel like as you make yourself uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and as you open the doors yeah and even though you don't feel qualified to be the greatest yeah. host yeah. um you let him yes you, know, you let him like make himself perfect in power in your weakness and so I don't know who I'm talking to right yes. now maybe you're just saying like man that's really good for them like wow I don't know if I could do that I'm just saying like yes you can like yeah. You, I, it's a weakness and it's vulnerable but he shows up he does yeah. he's so faithful and I, I even want to thank you Christy for your vulnerability there's so much power in what you were just saying I just felt the Lord as you were speaking I was in tears um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm signing oh yes that's you there you go you know I I just want to say we are signing up every day it's daily guys yeah, <laughs> that's, daily. that's right you don't you don't ever arrive no you don't ever graduate you don't ever arrive so we're signing up daily and i i just love you thank you so much for being on you're such a treasure um Mm -hmm. for so many women so guys Mm -hmm. um this place this little platform is just so that he would be platformed to encourage so many women and i love what you said so we could sit around him and just hear him what does he have to say so I love you, Christy. I love you too. Thanks All for All right, ladies. We'll see Bye. you tomorrow. Hey. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode on the Daily Bread Podcast. We want to stay connected to you, and we would love if you'd be a part of our community of women. So make sure you go to your app store and download the Well app. We also have Instagram and TikTok, and we would love if you would follow us. For more updates on new podcast episodes, gatherings, corporate fast, and prayer challenges, make sure to text THE WELL to 469 202 4560. We love you.